stuff guys I've been talking to Dr. Silver for about 20 minutes and he's giving me the Dr. Silver eyebrow and it's happened once or twice before and I'm gonna it's gonna happen he's gonna get me back for it but uh, I'll do everything to apologize but we were talking about how one of the best parts about new era wrestling is watching the children mark out it's one of the best parts about it uh, you're saying like a kid had a birthday party yeah, there was a kid who had a birthday party, and the um, it was in November, I believe, for the November show, and it it was awesome. All these ten year olds were there, just screaming and yelling, and it was a joy to watch. It, it was like Christmas, like uh, like okay, so like it's like reverse Christmas. So like when you're a kid, like I remember going downstairs, and uh, one particular Christmas it was right before my sister was born. So I want to say it was nineteen eighty seven. And I went downstairs, and the entire Christmas tree was surrounded by, like, 30 G.I. Joes, the space shuttle, and that weird SR-71 that was more curved. It wasn't the, it wasn't the full SR-71, and I almost jumped into, into it. And um, <laughs> I imagine my mom and dad were like, you know, that's the reaction we wanted. And Did your parents actually unbox all the GI Joes and set up the scene? They set up. They they. My dad unboxed all. Santa unboxed all of the the shuttle and the uh, that weird like it wasn't the the SR seventy one, but it, it was this weird like cobra shaped thing and fit one guy in the front. Those were unboxed, but all the GI Joes were in the packages. Um, but I imagine what you're talking about when you're watching these kids just have the best time of the life. Like, that's my guy. Or, or my guy's going to kick your guys' butt. Um, is it is it similar, like, watching kids enjoy, like, Christmas? Like, once a month? It's just, that's the time when I enjoyed wrestling the most. That's the time when I was so into it. Waking up on Saturday morning and watching these larger-than-life characters get out there and start talking trash to each other and then I got my brother into it and before you know neighborhood kids are coming over and we talked a lot about wrestling we would do wrestling moves on each other it was such a big part of growing up was wrestling I remember watching it from the time I was extremely extremely young and loved it ever since I remember uh, convincing my parents to buy my brother and I our first pay-per-view and we were 10 years old 10 years old and we got my uh, we got my parents. We convinced my dad to get us the nineteen the nineteen ninety three Royal Rumble. Oh, you and lucky bastard! Was, well, to this day, still I think one of the best Royal Rumbles. And just not even had, ne- never having seen a Royal Rumble before, or really knowing enough about wrestling to know about the Royal Rumble, and then realizing, oh my gosh, there's a new person who comes in. Every two minutes. It was two minutes at the time. It was a much longer match, which I, I liked it that way. Yeah. 
and and then not knowing who is going to win and thinking, oh, it's got to be this person. And you really thought that every person coming to the ring could win. And when you're seven years old, that's what you think. And then you become a smarter fan and you start to know too much and you can see where they're going and predict things better. But back then, it just the, the possibilities felt endless. And that was the most exciting time to enjoy wrestling. I enjoy it now for different reasons. But yes, I really, I really love how New Era is family friendly and invites kids to come in and enjoy and appreciate the, the art. I love the family friendly quality of it. Like uh, I remember one of the first times we hung out, we were hanging out with uh, two other wrestlers um, outside of the Primo show, mm. and. Uh, one of them mentioned, like, you know, F family friendly, and we're like, whoa! <laughs> Hold on a second here. Put the brakes on this thing. Like, uh, family friendly does not mean bad. Family friendly means we've got a little bit of restriction, but, like, and as me and, because we shut this guy down, I'm not going to mention his name, about how working with the confines of, uh, editorial it's got to be within these confines only gives you the challenge of making it even better within those confines and you guys have sorry i'm, I'm doing my best because uh we're doing a new show um <laughs> so you yourself are trying to be family and friendly yes i am that's why i restarted the club because i <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll I'll bleep that out later if I remember. Um, we all we all slip up sometimes. The the um, challenge in my personal life, I I'll drop a curse word from time to time. At New Era, I don't, of course, you know, very careful about it. But you know, and I think that New Era, there, are, all the different wrestling organizations in Colorado offer something different, and I like them all for different reasons. Correct. I've attended wrestling shows. For Triple L, which I love, I love Triple L. I think it's so great, it's so unique and different. I've been to RMP, which is great. I enjoy Primos and the feel of being at Primos. I've never had the joy of going to a CSW show just because it's far away from where I live. Right. But every one of these organizations offers something different to the fans, and I think we just all win and having different types of shows and uh, for everybody to enjoy and. Having a having a place for kids that's family friendly is great, and I do uh, I do relive a part of my childhood when I see that twenty five to thirty percent of our audience are kids, and I because I remember that's when I think I enjoyed wrestling the most. Just violence. I've had some wrestlers asking, "Can they gig?" and I say, "No gigging, no no gigging no in color. the era of COVID." Unfortunately, yeah. I, again, I, I just. I think that personally there have been times when blood has added something to a match for me, but in this time period where we're dealing with infectious diseases and that's at the forefront of everybody's attention, I just, I would be concerned about blood getting somewhere in the venue and that being a concern. And I think it's a legitimate concern given the kind of post COVID world that we live in. The post COVID zeitgeist is a real thing. So I agree. But yeah. I, I, I'm thoughtful about the content and uh, and of course we we talk to people about what they're going to do so we know we know what they're I want the wrestlers their artists they should have their own creative freedom to do what they like but we do want to keep the product family friendly well, I don't want a fan to walk away feeling offended I, I think that 
not gigging goes back to the good challenge that staying family friendly uh, revolves around because when you're challenged to do something that in an era when people are you know post not just COVID, but post, uh, you know, Attitude Era, post ECW. Like, yeah, it's easy to you know, go out there and gig and cut and, like, deathmatch style. So that, that's easy stuff. The hard stuff is making good storylines for everyone to enjoy within the confines of X to Y, which is fine, and we've been pulling it off. And, like, the only time I've ever thought that that gigging or, or, or color ever added to a match. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen and it was kind of cool. Uh, you know, Britt Baker from a couple months or early last year, uh, uh, in AEW. I mean like, but the only time I thought it really truly added to the story was the blood from stone match with, uh, the WrestleMania match with, uh, Bret Hart and, uh, stone. Cold. Yeah. L- Dang, like, that's the one that came to my mind too. It's so funny you say that. That's the one I was thinking of. That's the one where it really mattered because there was no beating Stone Cold. There was no beating Bret Hart. And in, in, in terms of, like, analyzing them as wrestlers, I mean, like, you watch pretty much any Stone Cold match from 2000 to when he stopped. Uh, he was just a brawler. It was just a lot of punching. He didn't do a lot of really technical moves. But before then, he was really, he was really wrestling. And up against uh, Bret Hart and, like, the, the mentality, if you read anything uh, behind the scenes, was that, like, yeah, like, Stone Cold wasn't going to tap out. There was no no one that was going to make Stone Cold tap out. But passing out in the pool of his own blood, the double heel turn, um, mm-hmm. it was it was poetry, man. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that was Shakespeare. Now, that was within those confines. Now, when you're not allowed to gig, guess what? you got to wrestle. Guess what? You got to learn psychology. Guess what? You got to get these kids and the adults hooked. There's, there's, there's no safety catch here. There's no if. Well, if I just bleed and do a couple of moves, you know they're gonna like it. No, that's not how we fly. No, you're you're gonna need to build a freaking story here. <laughs> like, like build it, love it. I, I mean, like I remember watching uh, uh, Morales help. Um, Bruce Rogers out of the ring and check on him and looking around like he was going to destroy someone and we all know who Tony is <laughs> like 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 the the people in the know knew like hopefully no one pisses Tony off because we might be telling the show here but um, he might be in a suit but you never know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's had some costumes have been pretty cute really yeah the onesies are great yeah on he he's been going with the theme, and I appreciate that. The theme of the show. Uh, it's it's uh, he's one of my best friends, and watching him behave himself is hilarious. <laughs> mm. Now I, it's interesting. I, I have, just getting to know Tony Morales, Tom better since owning the company together has been a, a pleasure. That Tom is just such a nice man, and he's so level-headed too. He he really can see things out from a, a variety of perspectives and step outside of being frustrated or irritated by something or overwhelmed. And he just he just has this rational calmness about him in just every moment. He's a very level guy and a pleasure to work with and to be a business partner with. And and I just have enjoyed getting to know him. I'm trying to convince. 
him and his wife to come have uh, dinner at my house with their son. And like, we'll get down here. Have I've you, still not met Carrie, and I'd like to. <laughs> have, you, have you met Morales Jr. yet? I have met Connor, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I met him once at... I met him once, yes. yes. They're, uh, they're and, great people. I watched a uh, AEW pay-per-view with them one time. It was me and uh, the whole fam. And she, uh, she made some wings and little burgers. No, I made wings. She made little burgers. And she knows more about wrestling than all of us combined. Wow. All of us combined. Uh, I was hanging out with Morales Jr. And uh, he got a uh, Hot Wheels set and helped him set it up and... It was it was like a one of those ones where you launch it off the, the side of a table and it goes down and does a jump and I was like this isn't fun enough and he's like what do you mean <laughs> and I'm like we gotta you know, have the, a- you know what's one of the joys um, Josh of doing this of wrestling is that I my my history with Colorado wrestling starts in 2019 really and yes. First I decided that, well, I was going to shows before. I'd gone to Primo shows, I'd gone to Triple L, and and I decided, I thought, boy, I am interested in being more involved in this. It would just be a, a life dream but fulfilled to actually be involved in the production of the show in some role. And so I actually joined Extreme Gym and started training. Really? And I trained for a while, yes, and did in-ring training to actually wrestle. And, and after... Two very, very minor injuries, I thought, ah, I just can't do this. <laughs> one, one was I jammed my thumb so bad that I could not use it for, you know, a week. And another time I twisted my, I pulled a muscle in my neck and I had a really stiff neck and I was at work talking to patients and I could, you know, turning my body, I couldn't like pivot my neck <laughs> at all. And I thought, I just need to be careful. What if I get a concussion and can't? do my job. And for, for those listening, cause I don't know that I think this might've been cut off before, but I actually do work in psychiatry. I have my doctorate of clinical pharmacology and training in psychiatry. And I'm a psychopharmacologist and, uh, in real life. And I teach at the university and I do direct patient care as well. And, and I thought, boy, if I ever had a concussion, what if this compromised my ability to do my job? So I decided at that time, I don't think I could be a wrestler as much as I would like to, and as much as I wanted to, I'm just in too deep in my career and have spent far too much money and time right. in education and just decided it wasn't right for me and regretfully decided I wasn't going to really wrestle. And, uh, Zach, who was doing the, uh, the, uh, a train Zach and Duff did most of the trainings. Joe McDougall did as well. Zach said, well, there's so many roles for you, and you're really great on the microphone when we practice that. Why don't you do a manager or something? And, and that's, when, that's when Dr. Silver was born. And, and I, I must say that uh, I think this also was cut off earlier, but Zach and Stacy, I just respect and adore them both so much today for starting the company and really inviting me in to New Era. And I can't say that I ever expected when I became a manager on the show that I would one day end up owning the company, but I really appreciated the way that the people treated each other backstage at New Era. I, and I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything to compare that to, but people are kind and thoughtful and polite and respectful of each other. And 
and what I'm told is that that's rare and special. And when I saw that, and I could see, and I I got the family vibe in terms of how people treated each other, I thought, boy, I would put more time and energy and effort into this. I would I would spend more time thinking about this and investing myself personally, professionally, financially into this company. I love the way that they're doing business and I love the, the product. And I think that's continued to this day. I've got six different locker rooms I've been there with and you're 100% correct. Now, absolutely, the new era locker room is a family that's looking to take care of each other. I'm not saying other locker rooms I've been in were bad locker rooms, but there's a lot more machismo, more alpha, I'm going to bury you to, you know, get where I need to go. That doesn't happen at New Era. Before we talk about Edge Silver, and I've been debating... Wait, I want to say something else about that. You just made, you just made me think of something, and now I'm, I'm excited to say this. I, um, I want to put out a message of kindness and when I'm back there, that's, that's very important to me. And I, I tell the wrestlers and I tell everybody who's a show that you are all artists. This is your, you love this. People are doing this for, it's a passion for them. I know many people have aspirations of making this a career and doing, you know, grand and great things with it. But regardless of whether you make it to that level or you, or you don't, you must love this. You must love this to think about it, to practice it, and then to perform it in the way that you do. And I want to celebrate these people as artists. And I think people produce their best art. They produce their best imaginative work when they feel safe. And it's my goal for New Era to feel safe for everybody. And that, that to be a safe place for people to come and say whatever they think and feel and be whoever and however they are. And I want the, the locker room to reflect that. And I think it does. And I think Zach and Stacy did a nice job of setting that up when I came in. And I had no idea I would end up doing this. And I think it's because I felt that I could continue and contribute to that way of being. Just look at everything that people did for Cumberbatch. Just how, how wonderful that was that people came together in that way. It's a testament to all the people that are involved in Colorado wrestling, really. Yeah, uh, Cumberbatch was a the epitome of everyone playing ball and bringing their all their toys to play with, and I loved watching it happen. Like, um, I want to talk about life is not life is not just about winning for yourself. It's about helping other people win too. I agree, <laughs> guys. I wish you could see this man smile. He's got the most beautiful smile I've ever seen in my life. And before we talk about Dark Silver, I want to talk about myself for a minute and only to talk about you. Uh, Dr. Silver is one of the biggest pieces <laughs> in wrestling history. Evil psychiatrist. You, you're not just manipulating people, but you know how you manipulate them on the, like, the, like, man- molecular brain level. Like, it, it's wonderful watching you work, but, um... I was debating this all day whether to just say it, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I was not doing too well. And uh, Mr. Gold here somehow instinctually felt that. And him and I had a very good conversation. He gave me some good recommendations on how to take care of myself. And I took them. I uh, Today, I actually uh, you know, got my physical and blood work done. And uh, just like he recommended... 
uh, took all of your recommendations, and I have been pretty level. Like, I was, uh, if, if you meet me, guys, uh, up until a couple years ago, I was I always had long sleeves. I was a bad cutter. And Mr. Jeff just felt something and gave me a call, checked on me, and then we had a longer conversation. And he didn't come at me from a sense of, like, I know better than you. Uh, you're a loser. Your your feelings are inadequate. No, he he listened to me. And uh, I just need to tell you how much my quality of life has improved from that conversation mm. and the fact that Dr. Silver is the complete yeah. freaking opposite. <laughs> Gosh, you know, I, I, um, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I'm so glad that you made the choice to take care of yourself. I'm so glad to hear that you took care of yourself in that way. It's really important. And that's it's it's funny. I, I never thought coming into this community that I would end up being helpful to different people that I've met. I'm not gonna name anybody, but I have I have um helped other people that I have met through wrestling get into therapy, get into treatment, make referrals, a number of people. And I'm I just didn't expect that. I didn't anticipate that to be a thing. And I'm really glad. And I, I, I sing that song wherever I go. You know, when I'm as Dr. Gold, I, I, in my, when I'm with patients, I, I try to engage people in a way where they feel safe. I want the patients to feel safe that they could, I want, as I said before, I want people to be able to say whatever they think and feel and be whoever and however they are. And I want them to feel safe. That's when people tell you what's really going on. And from that place, that's where real learning happens. That's where real creativity happens. And I, and I try to do that in my professional role and my day to, my day job is Dr. Gold. I try to, as a wrestling company owner, I try to do that when I'm thinking about working with the various talents and even with my friends and everybody, I, I just, I just have this sense that being kind and treating people well matters. It, it affects their development. It affects how they see the world. And what are you being if not kind to other people? You're, you're, and I, I think about every morning when I get up and what am I, what am I doing and how am I living and do I, am I proud of it? Am I proud of it? You're also and extremely it starts mindful. There. Yeah. And I think it comes from, you know, honestly, there have been times in my life where I've been treated poorly and demeaned and dehumanized. And, and, uh, I know, I know what it feels like to, I, I, we all have trauma in our unique way and being, being treated poorly and being, uh, you know, is, is a trauma and trauma affects how we live our lives because we try to protect ourselves from the potential that something bad might happen to us again. No, that, that's why it's and trauma and what we learn from trauma is so tenacious. So, yeah, it won't go away. I'm so glad that you're taking care of yourself. That just and I I just felt the need to expose myself to expose you about who you are, mm-hmm. and that was the only that was my yeah. I can tell everyone how. Every time I'm around you, it's a positive experience. Yeah, I can tell every time everyone I'm around you that you're listening and not waiting for your turn to talk. 
yeah, I can tell everyone how uh, wonderful you are to strangers or waitresses, but that's not going to matter. And I, I really wanted people to understand. I had to expose myself to really get to that truth because that's, that's the only truth I have. The other thing I have to ask you is how do you wash that off when you get home after yeah. a long day of absorbing all of that? How does uh, Mr. Mr. Jeff Gold uh, wash that off? I mean, like, are they barnacles you got to scrape off with a knife? Are they a hot shower? Are they a, a, a good yeah. Zinfandel? <laughs> or... Um, no, no. So I, I'm a very social person. I try to socialize with people, and um, I love people. I actually I love people. I'm extremely extroverted and find people enjoyable, and actually, generally like most people that I meet. And um, so I, I I try to do something fun. I try to do something creative. I try to do something social to get my mind off of it. But and there are days when it gets to me. There are days when when the work gets to me and gets me down. But I also have this thought too that when doing providing mental health treatment to people, that when my when my job is hard, I know it's needed the most. And I think about that when I when I have a hard day, that means that people that I work with are having a hard day, and that is when the work is needed the most. And I, and I feel really grateful actually to get to know people in an intimate way. I, I feel really grateful to get to know people in an intimate way too. And to be exposed to all these different people that live very different lives, for a very different life from me and to be helpful to them. And I myself have also been in therapy. I went to, I saw a therapist for 11 years and I went three times a week and did a Freudian psychoanalysis where you lay on the couch and, just say the random things that come to your mind. Yeah. And it was really intense. And I think I know, I know what it's like uh, on some level to reveal your warts and barrel self to somebody and to fall apart in front of someone. And so I have a sense of uh, how I might make a space like that for other people and how valuable that can be. Was there anyone in particular that really rung your bell uh, patient-wise that you obviously don't see any names, but uh, that sticks out to you as like your uh, cornerstone or your foothold when you're feeling not as strong as usual? No, I don't know that I think about the patients like that, and I won't, I won't tell a patient story. Of course. But, yeah, but I, like, I think more just lessons learned from... Right now, right now, I could tell you that something that I've been thinking about a lot. Please. And, and I wonder if this might be helpful to, it's been helpful to me, and maybe this is helpful to a number of people, but it's this thought that feelings precede actions in life. That you might have the thought, a person might have the thought, if I felt this way, if I felt less sad, if I felt more happy, if I felt more energetic, if I felt more motivated, then I would do all these things that I really want to do in my life. Right. And I believe that the, and there's, uh, there's research looking at this and there's a school of thinking, looking at this, that it's actually the opposite. It is what you do that constitutes who you are. And, and doing those things 
that is how those feelings are created. That just to, 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 sometimes I think many people sit and they wait to think, one day I'm going to feel differently and then I'm going to do things. But if you were, despite perhaps being anxious, depressed, discouraged, frustrated, irritated, if you were, despite those feelings, to act, to do, to engage, to go to the gym, to call your friends, to be, to, to do the things that you really want to do, I, I think that that in of itself start, gives way to people starting to feel less depressed, feel less anxious, to feel more motivated. So that it starts with, you have to be unreasonable. When you can come up with any reason to not do something, I'm too tired, I'm too sad, I'm too frustrated. You're giving yourself reasons to be unreasonable and just to do it, to try. To What would, it, what would you be doing if you felt differently? Okay, do that right now. And if you do that regularly, I believe that you will start to feel the way that you hope to. People ask me all the time how I do all the things I do. And the only thing I tell them is I'm, I'm always scared. I'm always hurting. There's always a million demons poking me in the back of my shoulder or staring at me in the mirror saying I'm not good enough and I shouldn't do it because I'm going to F it up. But I do it anyway. And that is like the biggest struggle. But I do it anyway. And I really appreciate you uh, giving me a good cornerstone to stand on a couple weeks ago and talk to Tom about it too. But I'm only I'm only saying this because the only way I can expose who you really are is through my own experience because that's all I got. It's it's not like. I, I, I have been watching your story like I, I'm privy to uh, some mystical book. Uh, Destiny gave me some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, peaks on, uh, you know, when this happened to you when you're 10 or 14 or when you made these big decisions. And I really wanted to dig deep into it because your character is not is too good for wrestling. Like, like you should be on Days of Our Lives. You should be working with Stefano Nomera. <laughs> Uh, convincing Marlena that John is evil and and you know he sh- she should be with Stefano, um, but the complete opposite of everything we just talked about. <laughs> oh yeah. How did you come up with it that, is, man? Doctor Silver is my shadow self. Like, he's my he's my shadow self. He, it's it's as though like your Jungian forty six and two thing. Yeah, well, here I've always loved villains. I've always loved the bad guys. In my life, I think I'm a good guy. I try to be a good guy. And even my friends who have come to the New Era shows or say to me, they're like, oh, my God, your character could not be more different than you. It's almost <laughs> as though you were saying the opposite of what how we know Dr. Gold is the complete opposite of Dr. Silver. Even hence, you know, the name. Gold and Silver, uh, but just not as good enough. Professionally, personally, you know, I'm just the, the different than that. But I do love villains. I've always loved a good villain. And the reason why is that I love to see the villains, the, uh, the most villainous, wicked, evil, malignant bad guy. I love to see them get defeated in the most epic way possible. And I have a fantasies of like always seeing the bad guy get just getting it handed to him in the end and how much I, even though I like the villainous characters, I always wanted them to lose 
despite liking them. Well, and, let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. So that, that, that is the, so, so, so I do, so I think that when I'm that character, I did want to, I did want to be really, really villainous and really wicked and really mean. And I must say, initially it was kind of hard for me because I, I was, I was so bad. I remember one of my, my first show, uh, my first show, one of the first things I was saying, Zach had given me some advice about how I could interact with the fans because the fans want to yell at you and you yell things back at them. And he said, just let them yell at you. Don't try to overtalk them. Stop and then let them say what they're going to say and say something clever back. And I remember walking and this woman was screaming at me in the new era audience. This is far before the pandemic. This was, you know, and this is, before, this is like maybe two months before the pandemic. And she was screaming at me. And I couldn't even get a word in edgewise, so I'd stop talking like Zach suggested. And finally, when she stopped, I said, ma'am, if you want to scream at somebody about your daddy issues, you're going to need to make an appointment. <laughs> and, and, and just the, the audience, of just how much people hated me in that moment. And it was such a villainous, wicked thing to say. And then I came out there once, and I think I said, they were, they, they were booing me, and they wouldn't let me speak. And, I, and they, were, they were booing me, and they wouldn't let me speak. And I said, I don't mind waiting here all night long. I, I bill in 15-minute increments, and I'm more expensive than any of you low lives can afford. And just that's just like a villainous psychiatrist thing to say. And I thought, and it felt kind of yucky. But then, but then what I realized is that that's what people want. And I think about the same when I watch wrestling and when I think about what has made wrestling cool and fun, people want the bad guy. They want to suspend their disbelief. They want to suspend their disbelief and they want to play along. And they're, they are at the show to be engaged in that way. And, and once I realized that the fans were fully on board with the character being so awful and terrible, I, uh, you know, I, I, then I, I knew I knew I could just like let it take it. I I, I and of course I have limits. I'm not going to really of course be terrible, wicked. But I I was like I can really just let this be what it is and be a true villain and fully commit to saying horrendous, awful things that a villainous psychiatrist would say. I'm listening, I, man. But yeah. like you you had me pop. It was hilarious. <laughs> It reminded me of um, this. Uh, this was like probably like six years ago when Kevin Owens was uh, first coming out uh, main roster, and there was a house show, and this like, it was it was this mom filming on her cell phone because Kevin Owens is coming out, and his kid is screaming at Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens goes full heel on this kid. Full heel on this kid, and he's like, "I don't even want you wearing my shirt." Like, and and the reason it made news was because uh, the mom complained to WWE that Kevin Owens was mean to her kid. And my buddy Josh calls me and sends me the video. And he's like, "Screw this kid, man! Like, he's not a real wrestling fan. Like, if he was a real wrestling fan, he'd have been totally psyched that Kevin Owens was like crapping on him like that. It would have been one of the best things ever. Kevin was trying to give him a show, and uh, the kid couldn't deal with it. But like, I guarantee you, that woman still goes to our shows and is still like 
Dr. Silver went full heel on me. I was such a piece of crap to him, he put me in my place. I guarantee you she still pops about that, man. That, that that's that that's uh just like we we're talking about earlier about like uh the Christmas aspect to watching kids like fully, you know, mark out. Uh no, I really hesitate saying that because uh, Tom hates that phrase. Um, he finds it disrespectful. I, I'm not trying to use it like disrespectful, but um, the oh, the way you landed on that, like uh, comedians are told. I was listening to a podcast the other day about how comedians can survive. It's like when someone is like you have to be present. Is you have to be 100 percent present. You can't ignore the heckler. You you gotta yeah. you gotta like if the heckler's shooting at you with a BB gun you gotta you gotta hit him with a bazooka, and if you don't do it the other crowd the the rest of the crowd is gonna know you're weak, and you hit her with uh, you're gonna have to make an appointment like that's uh, that was awesome. <laughs> I've had a few I've I've said a few things that I'm just I thought wow I can't believe I came up with this on the spot but I really channeled the character and the, the character says really wicked psychological things to people that are just, and that's, that's how the character is. That's how I imagine the character to be. And, and uh, I did a number of promos that are all on the new era Facebook page that you can watch these old promos of sitting very composed and collected in what would be Dr. Silver's office and just saying very dehumanizing things and about people in general, as though he knows better than anybody ever could. I've ever seen and just But really, really, Dr. Silver wants control. He, want, he, he is a, a villainous psychiatrist that really wants, that thinks so highly of himself that he wants to control everybody and everything and, and, and in a malignant, self-serving way. He's a, a true villain. And uh, I go out there and just think, what would this character say? And and there there have been some. The last show, I said some things that I got a lot of heat for too. Um, I I think I told that I I think I said to Miss Stacy that if she got in my way, I would put her down like an animal, mm-hmm. and you know, and have my little syringe, <laughs> and just people were not happy when I said that. I could just feel that I hear the ooh and just. And in those moments, you know, you're just so happy. You just know that you're, that's exactly what you want. You want them to hate you. There's nothing worse than when you say something and it's just dead silent. So you, you want them to boo you. You want them to be screaming at you. You stole you want Christmas. Them to you. Yeah. You stole Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I came out there and said to people that as a psychiatrist, I know, I know your thoughts and your feelings. And, I, and thus, I can say that not one of you deserve Christmas. And the only thing you deserve is a lump of coal in your stocking. And that stocking should be used to beat you over the head repeatedly. I said something like that. <laughs> and the kids hated it. Like, like they, that's something that the kids got, you know, you don't deserve Christmas. How just, dare you? But I love a good villain. There's some great, there's some great villains uh, in wrestling history and uh, other, and some other, other Colorado promotions have some villains that I've really enjoyed. Some people doing unique take on villains, I think, are really great. Um, I love uh, Chongo as a villain a lot, actually. Enjoyed, I've enjoyed his. He is a great villain. I love watching him as a villain. I think he's so clever and funny and just out there. 
Um, I could watch that guy all day long doing villain work. Yeah, doing John, no work. Uh, one of the best interviews I ever did because he um, actually I'll, I'll talk to you about it off camera because uh, it's a little bit personal, but uh, I got things out of him that I've listened to. The when I worry that I'm not a good interviewer, I re-listen to that Chongo interview. Yeah, and I shut I shut the showman down, and I got the real guy out. And uh, it was just one of those things that, like, when you're talking about being so proud of what you're doing, it's uh, it, it's something else, man. But, okay, so we're talking about Dr. Silver. We're talking about New Era. The, the funny thing is you shut Christmas down despite the fact that it was your idea for it to be a Toys for Tots drive. So that was even more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That, that that was even more awesome. It like, was not my idea. They the 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 December show has always been Toys for Tots. Mm. Now every year that's a that has always been a Toys for Tots show. That Zach and Stacy had set that up years ago. Did you look at the toys that they that were in the box? Yeah. Did you see the? Uh, I saw it and I almost grabbed it. I was that tempted. <laughs> it was. It was a. Uh, it's not a Playmobil set. Remember the little, uh, like the little heads with the body that, like, just the hole in the bottom, and it was a house. Oh, totally. Yeah, you plugged them into the cars. It, yeah, and... it was the brown house. I remember. I remember playing that, playing with that in daycare in like 1986, and someone put one of those in there with all the with all the original stuff. And, uh-huh. and I was like, oh my god! Like, like they might as well, like it, they might as well put like a freaking. Uh, this is my next question here. Uh, you're talking about being loving the heels. What cartoons did you watch in the '80s? He Man, Thundercats, GI Joe. What, what was your favorite? Thunder Thundercats was a favorite. Thundercats was my um, absolute favorite. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I went. I was a, as a young kid. I went as Mumra for Halloween once. No shit. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I've been. I've been trying. I've been thinking about doing an adult Mumra too. I've been just wondering. I think the it rap- would be lost on many people. But well, one, it's scary. I I'd love to mix for a good costume for Halloween, the right amount of yuck and the right amount of. What's that? We are back. Had to take a little quick break. Ski. But I want to talk more about Thundercats because oh yeah, I watched everything. I watched G.I. Joe, Silverhawks, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles. But in my opinion, if you didn't like Thundercats better than everything else, then you sucked because it was better than everything. <laughs> Thundercats was amazing. I had everything. I had the sort of omens. I had the tank, uh, Thunder Tank. I had... I did not have the cat flare. That's the one thing I didn't have. Um, I even had Hachi Man. Um, the sticker books. What else did you dig, man? I'm, I'm, I'm just loving your love of heels and the fact that I have the action figures. I love the action figures. My, of course, Mumra was my favorite. And I, I, I remember how Mumra came with not just Mumra, but actually the zo- the decrepit zombie in the red cloak. And there was this little tiny red cloaked zombie version of him that came in the box. Like you got the both of them. 
There were, and there the was, big one had the arm going up and down yeah, and you click the thing there, on the back. There was the big one. You're talking about the one that came with the the one that came in the set with where the ancient spirits of evil came with the uh, the the mummy one, but the the big one like Mumra full on came with Mamut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My gosh, the dog. <clears throat> I boy, what a great a great villainous character. I just. Uh, Mumra was a favorite villain. Other villains that are from history of watching shows, and I'm a big, big fan of Mr. Sinister is a villain. I like Apocalypse as a villain. Other phenomenal villains from just from when I started getting into more Marvel stuff, then I, I really, my love of villains grew significantly. My, uh... It, it, like, it, it's weird to talk about this, but my favorite X-Men character is not anything that's ever happened in the comic book. My favorite X-Men character is Morph from the cartoon. <laughs> Morph, he was good, actually. Like, Mr. Sinister messed with his head. You know, like, there was just something about when he had pretty much zero powers other than being Mystique. Um, but when Wolverine fall back, you know, he, he, he saved a guy that is absolutely going to live from a whatever blast that was going to hit him with. Um, he's, he still went above and beyond and watching him like deteriorate and, and then come back from that sort of stuff. I've, I've got three of his action figures, two that are perfect in the, uh, blister packs, the original one and the one where they either redid the blister pack, the backing, and then what I opened that I could play with. <coughs> but, um, so I want to talk about more with the heel thing. Like, like, what is it about the, the bad guy being a mm. actual real good guy that just draws you to it? Yes, I can, I can answer that question. I've most certainly thought about it extensively. It is the, it is the, there is one right place to put your spoons away. And it is in the spoon drawer with the rest of your spoons facing the same directions as the other spoons. Correct. That is the good guy. That is the good guy. There, there, there are not too many ways to really deviate from being a good guy, from being a face. And, but to me, a heel, there are an infinite number of ways to be a villain and to be a heel. And I always found more to me creativity in the heel. Uh, and I think later on wrestling got better at giving you more dynamic, complex faces. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a great example of somebody who he shocked. It shocked Vincent Mann. I know that they said like that he didn't quite understand how he became so popular. And, uh, and, and I do think that over time, faces have evolved to be somewhat more interesting. But fundamentally, you're always going to help the old lady across the street. You're always going to give, like, you're always going to be charitable. You're always going to be generous. You're always going to be thoughtful. You're always going to be nice. And whereas the, the heel, you can have so many different types of villains. You can have just a monstrosity type of villain that just smashes everything in their way and doesn't care. You can have manipulative psychological villains like Dr. Silver. You can have uh, 
a really like I cheat to do everything and I can't get by on my own merit, but I'm going to always find a way just to be so shicey to get one out or I'm going to be a cowardly manager and I'm going to just run off every time somebody comes near me and I'm going to talk a big game, but not back it up. And there's just so many ways to be a heel that make the, make the product feel so different. And ultimately heels are what drive the storylines. Like I think, and you now face cam, but there's just, I think it's actually harder to do. I think it's actually more difficult to be a really good face, but I can't help but to feel that I'm drawn to the creative energy of the bad guys. I, and I, I want to see who, who who can do a new version of a bad guy that's never been seen. And I will tell you, to my knowledge, and I've done a lot of research on this, there has never been a villainous psychiatrist in professional wrestling before. And and I and nonetheless, one that comes out and injects somebody with a syringe and choking people with a stethoscope. And you, uh, I looked you know. it up actually. I looked it up. You you were correct. Uh, I was horrified slash honored that the Wachowskis or just one Wachowski completely ripped off your character for the new for uh, the new Matrix movie. Did you see it yet? I did not watch it. No, no. Yeah, they. But I I will. NPH. Did a good job ripping you off. It was wonderful. But back to Stone Cold, like, when it comes to, to, to villains, like, man, if, like, the old lady walking across the street, if if they, like, oh, my God, I was, like, if Stone Cold was helping an old lady across the street, please, God, stun. <laughs> he walks her across the street and then stuns her. And then you know, stuns like, her. And then stuns yeah. her. Steps over the groceries. You could think the the uh, the, anal- the analogy holds. The good guy is always going to help the old lady across the street. But there are an infinite number of things that the villain can do with her. They can push her in front of a car. They can put the her and blame it on somebody else. They can kidnap her, take her away, ransom her off. I mean, there are so many ways to, I mean, to be a bad guy with that situation. I think I would have drove to Connecticut, like, stolen a car as a 13-year-old if Stone Cold would have helped an old lady across the street, stunned her, stepped on her groceries, and threw her in the traffic. Like, I've got ideas, guys. Help me out here. <laughs> you know, can, I tell you, can I tell you my favorite heel turn of please, wrestling history? Please, 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 please. My absolute favorite heel turn of wrestling, one of my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, would be Bret and Owen Hart. Right. And and I thought that Owen Hart was a fantastic villain, and had some really iconic and memorable villain moments, and heel moments. They're just have ever forever like stuck in my mind. Betraying, kicking the kicking, <laughs> kicking his leg out from underneath his leg. You know. As the joke goes, like he, that was in, oh, just such a moment that the brother kicked the brother, and it was, and then they had those series of matches, which to this day are some of the best matches of all time. The WrestleMania 10 match, maybe my favorite match, Brett versus Owen, is so good. Awesome. Uh, the cage match at SummerSlam was like not quite as good, but still cool. Uh, but uh, when I thought Owen Hart was such a good heel, and when they turned him face again, and when Brett left in WWE, you know, WWF or WCW after Montreal, and Owen Hart became the Black Heart and was became a good guy at the face and was fighting, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, 
And I just didn't, it just never really worked for me. And I think maybe they had the chance to turn Owen Hart into something really amazing and to do something really awesome with him. I thought that he could have, there's, they could have just really propelled him into the main event. And after he attacked Shawn Michaels at Degeneration X, I thought, oh my gosh, like they're going to have a huge feud with Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart, him taking up the mantle of his brother. And then it just basically turned into a raw match where he beat Shawn Michaels by DQ and then ended up feuding with Triple H in the mid card. And it just was a letdown. So I was like, well, where are they going to take Owen Hart from here that's going to be interesting? And then they had that one match on Raw when he teamed with Ken Shamrock. Oh, dude. And <laughs> kicked him in the nards, spinning wheel kicked him in the face, and then then did the thing where they put his leg in the chair and jumped off and double stomped it, and then put him in the sharpshooter, wouldn't let go, and then started freaking biting his ear. And there's like blood <laughs> coming out of Owen Hart's mouth. And then he went back and is biting more, and, and there's just like, they're pulling him away, and he's and you could just see the blood in his mouth and JR's like, he's got skin in his mouth. And, like, just, <laughs> and I thought it was so, so that is my favorite heel turn of all of wrestling history. And that's awesome, man. I've only seen that like twice, but like, I forgot about that. That's awesome. We'll need to watch that together. No. Uh, you have to rewatch that together. Absolutely, man. Because we've got, uh, we got business to discuss. Uh, we got new era coming up. We've got storylines to talk about. Um, I gotta tell you, it's one of the proudest things in my life that I'm the producer of New Era Wrestling. Yeah, I I can't believe that that's happening. Like, like I work for a few different feds, like doing little things, but my my blood, my blood, heart, soul, guts is all New Era, and um, it was the one I wanted to work for the most. And yeah. here we are, man, and, and we're we're doing our interview to uh, for the uh, the kitties and for all the people out there to figure out that uh, Mr. Gold here has a heart of gold and not synthetically produced silver. Yeah, despite no, how no, awesome your suit is, it is. Yeah, you you know, Josh, I just want to say that. In the same way that it's been a pleasure to become friends with Tom through being business partners and to become friends with Zach and Stacy for buying the company from them. And it's been a pleasure to be your, become your friend and, and a friend of many of the people I've met through wrestling. Absolutely. And the community is really wonderful. And I don't know how much of everything was caught, how much we missed in those just, 20 minutes. But. It was just six minutes, but... Uh, we, you get, you guys. Are I mean, I, I just, just, the, just, I could tell that the community has come together in really wonderful ways to support each other. With we talked about Cumberbatch and what you know Cody put together, and all the people that contributed to what that was, and how how wonderful, how wonderful that people care about each other in that way. And I think working with you has just been a joy. I can see that you have a passion for wrestling. You really care about people. And you want to give people the opportunity to be a part of this and contribute. It, it, it's enough that people have passion for this. You want to give them the chance. And Thank you. you have a lot of heart. You have a really big heart for people. I could tell that you're a sensitive, compassionate guy. And I think that I mean that in the most like, wonderful way Thank you, possible. Man. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I think about... Um, 
I'm going to say this because I think that it's worth saying. I have all, already doing this. I want to give people opportunities and I want to give people a chance to, to wrestle and, or do whatever that they do in the company. And I want to give them a chance because they're passionate about it and they're excited about it. And I already in the short time of owning this company since September have had to make some hard choices and had to make some hard decisions that, um, that have, that have sat with me and, uh, that I then, that I later felt like sad about, you know, and, you know, but, but about like, but, but thinking what, what is right and what is best for the fans and what feels fair to the fans. Uh, and I'm sorry that I didn't make those choices, but I, but I had to. It happens, man, but you did it in grace. You did it in uh, a non-bullshit political, like, excuse thing. You did what you had to do, and in hindsight, I don't think even the people that might have been mad about any of your your choices can even be mad about it unless they're doing some crazy mental gymnastics because there's been some weird stuff that's happened, and y'all have had to make some decisions to put your foot down, and... And we're not just talking about how well you protected everyone during COVID and making sure that the kids were safe and, you know, making the decision to cancel along with Chuck and Tom to, uh, you know, delay January and February. But now we're coming out of it. And from what you're telling me earlier, you know, hopefully uh, what COVID is uh, developed into is something that's kind of more of a flu or something that. We're just gonna have to deal with, as opposed to worry about killing your grandma if you don't wear a mask, <laughs> yeah, or that yeah. sort of thing. And, I, I'm, yeah, I just appreciate your passion and how much you put into this, and you have a love of wrestling and a love of the people that are in it, and it's clear and obvious. And I hope you feel good about all the work that you're doing. I feel yeah. wonderful about it, and I'm proud, and I couldn't do it without you, man. Because without you, there's been times where I was like losing it backstage, and you were like, "Hey." Let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> Let's talk. Well, let's go. And, um, you know, it's it's wrestling, man. Like, it's indie wrestling, you know. It, um, there's going to be some chaotic moments backstage, but as we wind down, how do we What find- a wonderful way to spend time. I, I, I love that this is how people spend their Saturday night. That's the prize night of the week. It is. That people are going to come and spend Saturday night with you, with us, mm-hmm. and enjoy this thing together what what a what a privilege it's a different way of being with people talking as dr gold and i'm talking to people about their mental health and uh, this is like as dr silver even you know maybe outside of dr silver just being in the company to think boy this is how people want to come and spend their saturday night that fills me up so much it fills me up so much it makes me feel so good and so happy to bring to think about all these people coming and enjoying the show together and having a good time and that's the way they want to spend their Saturday night. So anybody who like yourself, who brings passion and enthusiasm for doing this and bringing a good experience to the fans, that's just wonderful. And I hope you do feel good, Josh. And I, I hope that when you find yourself (coughs) in those, that uh, those self doubting spaces that you can reflect on the, you can reflect that on the compassion and the patience that you have with other people and that you might be able to extend some of that to yourself. 
Well, I appreciate that, man. And, and I have been, and it's just, it's not something I could have learned unless I had someone like you in my life, someone like Tom, um, you're right. It is an absolute privilege. I mean, it's Saturday night's the most cherry night of the night, you know, the week, you know, yeah. like that's like you, you get to sleep in and then you get to pick what you want to do before you got to <laughs> sleep in for Sunday and dread Monday. Um, and, and <laughs> we have the, the, the best fans on the planet coming to see us. We pack the joint out. You're making the kids scream. Um, we got Cumby, uh, we got fucking, I'm sorry, um, we got Daddy Doom, we got Tyro, we got, uh, we got Junsu, we got, uh, 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 Damien, we've got, I mean, like, uh, our roster is so special and so unique, and, uh, you are absolutely right, it, it is a, it is a privilege, and it's, uh, it's a wonder and a, a privilege and a pleasure to do it with you, man, and I appreciate your kind words, man, uh, we're doing our best to focus on you, but I appreciate you being nice to me. But um, how do well, we? Well, I mean, I mean it. I mean it. It's a you. You're taking the time to do this and put it together. And well, we got to promote. New I, era, I'm, man. I'm really excited. I can't. I can't wait to see everybody again on March 12th. On March March 12th for New Era Wrestling presents Smash. I can't wait to see everybody. We have some amazing surprises in store. I've. I, I have. Um, as COVID calms down, I know Tom and I both have some ideas of some things we'd like to do in the future. And that would be really exciting and different for the fans. I know you have some ideas that we've talked about, like that we might do and to kind of enhance the company experience. And something else I've been thinking about that I really appreciate about New Era is that the the, the true nature of the product is the live show. You know, there's a lot out there on Twitch or stream or things, but really we're putting on a live show and there's something about live wrestling that I also enjoy, but I, I have some, there's some things on the horizon that I'm very excited about some unique opportunities in the future for both doing charity work, philanthropy with other organizations in the state. And um, we've had some, an organization, some major organizations like approach us with that are interested in, working more with us, which is great. And we already do a lot of work with the, through Zach and Stacy and their big charitable loving hearts through the, the Chelsea Hutchinson foundation. Uh, but we are thinking of adding more charity shows to new era in general, that being like a big part of just the company itself, which I think is great. So the last three shows we did were all charity shows really. We always did something, man. Always get back, always get back. And, Man, I can't wait to get back to home. I can't wait to get yeah, back I'm, home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, how I do mean, we, I, I can't wait. How do we find you on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram? You said March 16th is, uh, uh, what's the name March of the show? 12th. March 12th is the show. 12th. March 12th. I just, it's on, the tickets are uh, on sale through Eventbrite. The last show we had, almost, we had about 200 people at the last show. It was mm -hmm. great. Sold out. Um, we, we yeah we were nearly we were nearly there I think we might have been like a few short of two a few shy of two hundred I think it was maybe one ninety nine actually or something, uh, but um, the ticket prices um, have changed to fifteen dollars per ticket from ten they they've been that price the whole time and everything's got more expensive and really the the reason we've done that is to better compensate the staff correct and and so that the, and to sustain the business like including 
helping get more equipment and modernize equipment and sustain the ring and it's production and it's really production stuff everyone's increased their price we're, we're, yeah, not, and, we're not alone yeah and it's it just but I think that I'm looking forward to coming back and getting in the swing of it and returning to a monthly show we've got some really exciting things planned in the coming months I think the fans are going to really enjoy it I agree man we got a new era March 12th. Find us on Instagram, Facebook. Are we on the, uh, are we on the, uh, what's the one that kids use? Oh, uh, God. TikTok. Yeah. We're not on TikTok, are we? Don't even. No, I don't, I'm shameful to admit that I have never even used Instagram until I became the new era Instagram. That. So it's a necessary. Oh, speaking of which, we need to we do need to update the website. With I was about the, to say that. Link I was about to, when you said that it, the event right was already. I haven't updated a website. So I mean, send me the QR code. But we got business to talk about minefielders. New era faithful. This is Jeff Gold. This is Doctor Silver. We actually got him to calm down and not convince me to do something bad tonight because that's what that's what he does he's one of the best characters one of the best heels in indie wrestling hands down uh this transmission is dangerous and it is also over